If you walked into this room tonight not knowing who you are, you are going to walk out of this room filled with purpose, filled with worth, filled with the Holy Spirit, and filled knowing that you can do whatever it takes that come your way with the power of our God. I'm so happy to be here tonight. My name is Jenny Meshagan, Pastor Allen Jr., the oldest of Bishop Son's wife, for those of you who don't know <laughs> who I am. That's a, like a little tongue twister, but I'm so happy to be here tonight. Um, thank you for coming. You dressed up, you showed up, you want to get some of God, and you want to get some of the Holy Spirit in your life. Thank you for coming. It means a lot to me. It's so good to see some of my church people here supporting and to see you guys. We are the church. We are not going to church tonight. We brought the church here. So thank you for showing up. And um, thank you for everyone that put on that wonderful dinner. That was awesome. I just want to thank... I love to get gifts, and I love to give gifts. So I brought a gift for Denise tonight. She worked so hard putting this together. And for Rihanna, and for Miss June, for Miss Peggy, and Miss Kathy, who worked so hard to make this special. I love ladies' nights. I love to just get out and be with you guys. You are welcome. Thank you. And um, so, yeah, you can have a seat. I actually wore these high heels up here. I'm going to take them off. I (laughs) can't do it. Can't do it. I thought, like, you stopped wearing heels when you're, like, 60 or 70, but maybe 38's a good time. I don't know. Maybe. So I'm happy to be here tonight. We're just going to be us. We're not going to be stiff and tight and, you know, worried. We're going to just let it all go. It's been a long week. Kids are back in school. Work's crazy, but we just want to be in the presence of God tonight. So um, just bow your heads with me. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your peace, your presence, the joy that you have brought into these ladies tonight. I thank you for touching every single one of them touching their families, touching their hearts, touching their bodies, bringing healing into their bodies, healing into their minds, God. I thank you that we will walk out tonight and we will not be the same person. I thank you for what you are going to do in us and what you're going to do through us. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, do you know this? Purpose is determined by God, but guess what? It's also determined by us. God has put a purpose in our heart. We're all created unique. We're all different. Let me ask you here. How many tall people do we have in here? How many short people do we have in here? How many old people do we have in here? You're like, I'm not old. How many young people do we have in here? All of you raising your hands. You're young. We're all different, right? But we all have a part in this life, but we all want something that we don't have, right? I would like to be tall. I would like to have very long hair (laughs) that's so thick that it takes hours to blow dry. (laughs) Some days, (laughs) I would like to have curly hair. You know, we all want what we don't have, right? But God has made each of us unique. 
there's no accident in here. No accident. You were made on purpose. And if there's anything I can get through to you tonight, it's that you are loved, you are treasured, you're adored, you're not here to take up space on this earth, you're not here to just get by. You are here to fulfill an assignment. You are here to stand before the Lord one day and him say, well done, my good and faithful servant. You carried out the purpose that I had prepared for you. I love women. We started Women of Worth in our church. I always get in trouble because I, I think it, okay, it's going to be a 13-year anniversary. <laughs> the other day, I'm like, it's 11. He's like, what? What are you talking about? Um, when we started it, we started in these small groups. There was a girl that came to our church that had been raped in the military, abused in the military. There was another lady that had just come out of a really, really bad walkout with her husband. He left her with four children. There was another lady that came that night and said, I saw your billboard, and I was going to take my life tonight. So when God calls you to do something, if you don't do it, maybe, maybe you're saving somebody's life. So that night that we were there, I said, we're going to be called Women of Worth because everyone's going to know that when they walk into these doors, they're special. Nobody's better than the other person. Nobody's higher up than the other person. We're all the same. God loves us all the same. He all has something for us. As Miss Joanne always tells me, you're highly qualified. And I'm here to tell you guys tonight here, you are highly qualified. You have what it takes to carry out the assignment. You just have to realize that for yourself. So God has a purpose for you, and you've got to recognize it. So, Everybody take a drink break real quick. <laughs> I'm taking mine. Everybody had a good day? Yes. Good. So, I hope I make you laugh. <laughs> this is the joy of the Lord in here. So, going through life as a woman is hard, right? But forget like all the hormonal stuff and all the stuff. It's hard. But you know, it's even harder to be a Christian woman because you know, as a Christian woman, I was thinking about this today, you know in your heart how you're supposed to react to situations. And yeah, we don't always do that. You're supposed to have faith in everything. You're supposed to have faith when your dad's diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and he is an elder in the church and he is mentoring hundreds of men and you're sitting there confused. But God wants you to still have faith and trust him. Because he's got a plan. His ways are better than ours, even when we don't get it. So it's hard to be a Christian woman because you've got to trust. When you're in situations that you don't know which way to turn, but you have that conscience, which is the Holy Spirit saying, you know what to do. And your flesh doesn't want to do it. But the spirit man inside of you says, you've got to do it. Because the Christian life sometimes is really, really hard, but it's the rewarding life. It may not be the easy life, but it's the rewarding life. So tonight we're talking about treasures. We're talking about purpose. We're talking about destiny. Um, I was going to share the story, but it might make me cry. So anyway, so talking back to women of worth, I spent my life in my 20s literally 
looking for my identity. A little bit into my 30s. Offended by everything. If somebody looked at me the wrong way, um, they're mad at me. I spent time critiquing people. You know, it's so easy to critique other people. But if you're going to go anywhere in life, you got to stop the mess of critiquing. You got to stop the mess of offense. You got to stop the mess of comparing yourself, smashing the uh, stupid social media mirror in the face, trying to compare yourself. How many of you have done that? You're sitting home, you're having like a rotten night, and this person's out uh, front row at the, I don't even know, Billy Joel concert. I like him. (laughs) And you're like, oh, I wish I was that person. And like deep down, they're having the worst day ever. So if we can get a hold of what God has for our life and that he wants us together to work together as sisters, that's such a cool thing. There's different people from different churches in here tonight. We all have a unique purpose, but if we work together, great stuff can happen. So I put a little bit something together. What three things, if you're taking notes, are so important if you're going to be a woman that moves forward that actually sees a difference in your life and what makes you a set-apart woman? Who wants to be set-apart? Who wants to live a life every day where you wake up grumbling, depressed, comparing yourself, mad? Who wants to be that woman? I don't, because I've been there and it sucks. It's like, you look back and you're like, I have not even moved forward because I have the same stinking thinking that I've had for so long. And it's not a cool place to be. So, a woman of worth, is it judgmental? She sees where other women are, and she honors that. I don't have time to be concerned with others and how they can do it better. And all my little tips, when I have a mission right in front of me, you have a mission. Your family, your children, your church, your spouse, your neighbors, your job, you have a mission. And when you take ownership of yourself, hey, there's some things I need to change in my life and I need to recognize that. Maybe I'll see other people differently. When you can see through the eyes of God and say, hey, maybe that person's having a tough day. I did deal with that the other day. Somebody was so mad at somebody. I said, they were just so friendly to you, but they were so rude before. You don't even know them. Give them grace. We have to stop being so judgmental. I came up with this. I'm really excited about it. So under the quote, you could put my name because I did not steal it. (laughs) A woman of worth. How can I do me better? And it'll make we better. So work on doing me better and it'll make we better. A woman of worth with a purpose has got to forgive. I was listening to a podcast the other day. You know, we all talk about forgiveness and healing and how you literally can't move forward. You have physical ailments when you don't forgive. And I was listening to somebody say, <clears throat> we can forgive. We don't have to forget. We sh- should forget. It says in the Bible to forget those things. Does it not? So how can we move forward when we're always like, oh, I'm going to forgive that person, but I'm not forgetting. Yeah, you can use, uh, what's that nice word? Discernment. You can use the word discernment. I'm usually like settling down at 8 o'clock at night, so (laughs) bear with me. Um, So the gift of discernment to say, hey, I'm going to put my guard up a little, but I need to forgive that person. 
I need to give them grace. We did a whole forgiveness thing at our church. This one lady's like, I have nobody to forgive. And the first week she's like, well, I think I have about five people (laughs) right now that I really haven't forgiven yet. So forgiveness is key to a Christian walk, to really moving forward. Number three, you are a carrier of the presence of God. I actually came up with this on the way to church. I was listening to a worship song, and I said, we carry the presence of God. Where we go, God goes. The same God that's in me is in you. The same God that's in you is in you. The same spirit is in all of us. But it looks a little different. Have you ever, has anyone ever walked into a room and you're like, oh, that person smells really good? Right? Mm, they smell good. Their aroma is good. Well, listen. I've said this to people. What are you wearing? And they tell me and I go out to buy it. It doesn't smell like that on me. Because the body chemistry is different. But listen, the way they wear it, maybe you wear compassion really well. Maybe you wear grace really well. Maybe you wear peace really well. Maybe you wear self-control really well. Maybe you're gentle. Maybe you love. Maybe you see, see through the eyes of God better, and you're more gentle with people. So all those things working together really, really work in the body of Christ. Because where you're weak in an area, I might be strong. And that's where we can work together. So um, I, I just love that. God is the same God who is in you and in you and you, so carry his scent. My two girls were, this is another thing on the way here. My husband dropped me off because he likes to eat pasta bella too. <laughs> So he went there. My two girls were drawing a picture. Olivia didn't want Sadie to copy. It it created a little bit of a fight. I'm like, guys, please, I'm I'm trying to worship here. (laughs) And I I did not say it like that. I'm like, shut up. Trying to worship. (laughs) And she's like, I don't want her to see my picture. And my husband's like, why? She can draw it different. It's not going to look the same. Listen to this. Don't not do something in life because you think somebody else is doing it better. Don't not serve in the church because they're better in that area. Oh, I don't want to be in the media. They're better at that. I don't want to hold the door. They got a better smile. I don't want to work in the parking lot. It's hot. We have people that are like out in the street at our church in 20 degrees with their coffee with the biggest smile shaking. (laughs) Welcome. There's like dreams. There's visions. There's purpose in your life. And you're like, they already do that better. They don't need me. They don't need to do that. We had a a mission, a really cool missions story at our church, a missions offering that we were supporting. And somebody came to me after and they said, I was just sitting there thinking, they can get it this time. I'll get it the next time. What if you didn't do that? What if there's not a next time? We've got to take a stand and say, let it be me this time. Because after all, we don't know when it's our time. We don't know. So we all need to play a part together. We all need to step up and say, where can I serve? Where can I be a part? What's my purpose? If you don't know your purpose, maybe you're like, well, what is my purpose? What are you good at? What are your hobbies? What do people say you're talented at? Maybe you're not talented at changing a diaper, but they need help. Every single one of us has a ministry inside of us. Maybe your ministry right now is sitting at home with your, with your children, making chicken paprika at the dinner table and telling them you love them 
and putting scripture into them. Maybe your ministry right now is serving behind the scenes where no one can see you. Maybe your ministry is writing a card to people. uh, Thank you for coming to church. We'd love to have you back. Maybe your ministry is picking up a phone and saying, how are you doing? How did you like service? What can we pray with you about? Maybe your ministry is at your nine to five where you can be the light. Maybe you're in a high school or a college campus and you need to be the light. You don't need to agree with what all the mess is going on in this world. And you need to take a stand for yourself. Maybe that's your ministry. Maybe your ministry is fulfilling somebody else's dream right now and helping them in their season. Maybe, maybe that's your ministry. Where can I step in? Nobody's going to see me, but how can I serve your purpose? And in doing that, my purpose is also served. So we all have a purpose. We all have an assignment. A humble person is happy to do whatever God gives them to do, no matter how the world rates it. If they're doing what God has assigned them, and we all have that, it'll just work out. Have you ever tried to do something that is not in your lane and it's like it's not working? I know like maybe you have been called to do something and you run across obstacles just because the enemy comes at you. But no, you're trying to be like somebody else and you're trying to do their assignment and it never works. You can be really powerful. You can have all the money to do it. You can fund it. You can back it. But if you don't have God in it, it's not ever going to work. So you have to get before God and say, God, this is how you find your purpose. Spend more time with the Lord. Get intimate with the Lord. God, what would you have of me? God, I need to seek your face. What do you want from me? But while you're waiting, you got to serve. you got to serve somewhere. What can I be a part of? How can I join in my brothers and sisters? We are not meant to do anything alone. Alone is awful. In my 20s, I remember facing some really hard stuff. I had a parasite. I had a daughter. My older daughter's 12 now. I had three serious kidney surgeries in my third trimester. I was so broken. And there were times I would sit there and say, I've got no one. I feel so alone. I would actually look at myself in the mirror, God's honest truth, and say, you're so alone. I did that. And it's crazy. My dad passed away a couple years ago. Not 30 minutes later, I had a friend on the couch with her laptop. She's here tonight. She stayed there every day until I went to his funeral. I had another friend who came and brought gifts for my kids. I had dinners. I had people calling me, dropping little cardinals off at the door. Miss Peggy dropped me this cute little shaker thing. (laughs) Got to church that Sunday before I left for the funeral. Had the worship team with, I love you so much, baskets. I have never, probably in 10 years, looked in the mirror and said, you're alone. There's moments that I do feel alone sometimes, but because I know who I am in Christ, God's honest truth, I will say, I don't need you right now. I have the Lord. I literally will say that walking. Maybe I'm like PMSing or something. I don't know. But like, I don't need you people. I got God. And if you know you have God on your side, it doesn't really matter. Does it? Because we're all going to be hurt. We're all going to be offended. I'm sure as heck going to be offended again in life. But at least I'm going to know how to look at it. Like, hey, you're a daughter of the king. You have purpose here. Things can be thrown at you. But if you know who you are, you don't need to worry. I've already covered all this. 
So I looked up in Forbes magazine. I love to do like, think of like worldly statistics and then put them with spiritual statistics. Forbes magazine, top ways Americans place value on themselves, who you're surrounded by, what you do, your career, how much money you have, you knew that was coming, how much you achieve, how you look, how you appear to other people. These are all fleeting things. And then I wrote under this, what happens when your friends start critiquing you or, or leave you or badmouth you or they're gone? What happens when you lose your job? What happens when you invest wrong and your money's gone? What happens when you lost your feeling as a player, as a coach? I left my school of 11 years to go to a, a senior year to pole vault so I could win states. And I didn't win states. <laughs> but I got far. And then I went to college for it. And now I'm like, what does that even matter? Like, what did it matter? Right? But I was so, I cared what, I cared what I held, what, and there's nothing wrong with competing and wanting good stuff, but I was so obsessed with how I looked to other people. And all it leaves you is empty at the end of the day. Super empty with nothing. But when you know you have a heavenly father that loves you so much and he cares about you, you can go to bed happy. You don't have to go to bed mad because your spouse said something to you or your kids ticked you off or this person hurt you here or your job just stinks. You can go to bed knowing I know who I am in Christ and I've got this another day. So top ways Jesus places value on you. Only one. This will cover it all. He died for you. Nothing places a higher value than to say, I give my life for you. And sometimes when you're going through hard times, it's so hard to capture. God really cares for me. He has the best for me. Because you're like, I don't get it. This is it's not making any sense what I'm going through. Well, look at Paul. Do we know Paul? I used to, as a joke, my sister called me Paul. And then I was like, let's stop calling me that because that's really not funny. <laughs> but Paul had so much go on, but he still sought the Lord. There is nothing too big in this room or no tragedy that we've walked through that we have to abandon God. He belongs right here. How's everyone feeling? I'm going to do a water break. covered like all of it. This is great. The other night I was taking notes. I probably took notes for about 45 minutes on my back porch. I don't, I lost the notebook. <laughs> I was like digging for it today. I'm like, did my kids use that as a coloring book? So today I was like, God, bring me back in remembrance what you told me on that porch. And that's just what he did. Yeah. So we're all a piece of a puzzle. If we had a puzzle up here tonight and we all gave each other a piece, we all do something different. I came from Florida. I came from a different upbringing. I'm now from the South. I like the Southern teams. I've, I haven't tried okra yet. Don't throw stuff at me. 
we're all from different areas. We're all from different walks with God. Maybe we just, maybe we just started a relationship with Jesus. Maybe we're coming back to Jesus. Maybe we've had a tough past and we're seeking God again. God isn't seeing all that. He's seeing where you are right now. So I have this drawer up here tonight. Do you see this lovely drawer with the key? I love to do illustrated sermons. A few weeks ago, I did a pickleball sermon. It was really fun. It's just so like you'll never forget what you learned. Be an overcomer. Bam, bam. Maybe I'll do it for you one time. I'm not good at pickleball or tennis, but I want to be. It's a cool sport. I want people to think I'm cool at it. (laughs) Just kidding. So I have this drawer here. And I have a scripture for you that the Lord gave me for, for tonight that's it's really powerful. And if you grasp it, you will really, really grasp the heart of what I have for you tonight. 2 Corinthians 4, 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. What's the excellency of God? It has to do with his nature, who God is. It's not us but his work in us. We have this treasure. Let me tell you when I found, found out what this scripture really meant. <clears throat> Two years ago when my dad passed, my mom couldn't do it. She drove me. I went and picked it up, my dad's ashes. I walked out with the box, walked to my car. Some of you have done that before. And I went, to the store across the street. I got me a blanket. It said, peace and love. I sleep with it every night. My kids try to take it. It makes me so mad. <laughs> but at his memorial, he, had, he was a, a wholesale seafood supplier. So tons of people were there. I think there was a 1,000 people there that night. Some of my friends were there. And um, so I'm carrying this box. And I'm looking at it. I'm thinking there's so much so much treasure in this box. And my dad had uh, people that flew in from Japan. Sorry for the tears, but it's just, I'm hormonal right now. It's just what it is. (laughs) He had men from Japan. He had men from Hawaii, California, all over the country, Colombia, Haiti, everywhere. And they all said to me, I don't even know how I was talking after, so I was just like, can't do this. <laughs> um, they all said to me, your dad was a good, good man. I heard so many times, your dad did business fair. Your dad was a man of integrity. And then I heard his, the people that he mentored say, I couldn't do it without your dad. I didn't have a dad. And your dad was my dad. Black men, white men, they loved my dad. And when I held that box, I, I thought the treasure that this box possesses is so powerful. Our earthly bodies, we go through sickness, we go through turmoil, we go through abuse, we go through so many things. But the treasure that we hold in here is so powerful. It's so powerful. It's God in us. The same spirit that was in Esther, that was in Ruth, that was in Mary, can be in us. We can do powerful things for the Lord. You know why? Because you're highly qualified. So the treasure that's in here, God wants to open you up so that what he has put in you can be seen. And we're opened when we respond to God's love and care, when we seek him, 
when we worship, when we bless others, that's where the treasure comes out. And um, in, the, in this drawer, there are rocks that represent the treasure. There's rocks in here. I'm not very, I need my heels back on. <laughs> I wish I was taller. Mercy. Humility. This one covers so much. Fruits of the Spirit. God's put the fruits of the Spirit in us. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. If we're Christians, we need to start acting like it. There's some friends I have that are not Christians or acquaintances in the neighborhood, and sometimes I say to my husband, they're acting more well-behaved than the Christian women. We have got to start showing forth the Lord. Stop worrying about the external and worrying more about the eternal. Another treasure rock is grace. Come on, guys. we got to show some more grace. At our church, we do uh, come as you are. My front mat at my house says come as you are. Please don't come in, UPS man or Amazon people. <laughs> but if I invite you, come as you are. We don't see race, background, maybe your job status. We're going to love you to life. We're not going to love you to death. We're going to love you to life. We need to see people with this humble heart and with grace that says, maybe you just had an addiction last night. Maybe you just cheated on your spouse. Maybe you just beat your kid. But you're welcome because there's grace here, and we want to see God work through you. That is the true body of Christ. So another rock, servant's heart. Not just what can you do for me? What can the church do for me? What can people do for me? What can I do for God? What can I do to further the kingdom of God? What can I do to take the slack off some other people? How can I serve? My mom is a really good cook and she is called every time somebody has a baby or is getting out of the hospital. And the other day she's like, I don't even know these people. Like, that's okay. You know, just show up and give them the food. And that's a ministry in itself. It's a ministry to write a card and tell somebody, I hope you're having a good week. I'm praying for you. That's a ministry. So servant's heart. Forgiveness. That's the treasure we need in here. I mean, there's so many, but these are the ones I came up with. Then compassion. We need to have a compassion for everybody. I, I was actually numb to what I saw today with the stuff going on in Maui. I hadn't seen it yet. It was my first time seeing it because I hadn't turned the news on. And the compassion, the, the stuff that people go through, I mean, that's just in one small area. There's, there's our brothers and sisters being persecuted everywhere. There's people dying. There's people suffering. And we as a church need to come alongside those people and love them to Jesus. Not to look at them and condemn them and make them feel like they're not worthy, but we as women of worth are going to do something different. And I have a rock for everybody tonight. And on the rock, it says treasure painted on there. I want you to take this rock when we close this 
with this last song out. And um, I want you, if you want to, I want you to, during this last worship and prayer, if you want to kneel before the altar when you get your rock, if you want to go back to your seat, if you want to go to the back, this whole place is an altar. I just want you to know when you grab this rock that says treasure, that you have all that the Father possesses. You already have it. You just have to access it. You just have to spend time with the Lord and say, God, you have this for me. How can I use it? And I want you to always know that you are a treasure. I love each and every one of you. I don't know some of you, but I want you to know that you're worth it. You have worth. You're here for a reason tonight. Maybe you drove in. Maybe you flew in. Maybe you had a really, really bad day at work, and you're like, I don't really want to come tonight. God has you here for a reason. You're loved. You're treasured. You're adored. So when we play this last song in closing prayer, I want you to come up and and get a rock. When you get a rock also, we have a um, woman's meeting in October, and I have these cards printed out. Color me in shades of you. It's going to be a really, really good time. I would love for all of you to be here. On the back, you just hit the QR code, and you can register. But um, grab one of these for you and a friend. Um, I just love being together with all of you and imparting to you what the Lord has shared with me to give to you and um, to know that you're loved. So if we could just pray, close our eyes, come before God as we start this last worship song. As our eyes are closed, God wants you whole. Maybe you're functioning tonight, but you're not flourishing. Maybe you're living, but you're not thriving. Maybe you're good, but you're not great. Maybe you're just getting by. God wants you to have victory, an overflowing, abundant life with him at the center. So as we sing, fill me up, God, tonight, if you need a touch from the Lord, I want you to come up here. I want to lay my hand on you. I want to touch you, whatever you're going through. Maybe your marriage ain't so great. Your kids aren't so great. Your job ain't so great. Your home life ain't so great. Maybe you're, you're still feeling I heard you, but still feeling a little worthless. I want you to come up here tonight so that we can touch you. And as you do that, grab your rock. 